You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. <laughs> Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched you watch work out in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it, and I ran back to the Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial. And also being viewed on social media outlets all over the internet. But uh, starting off on Facebook on various channels. That's Martin Houston Live, Tide 109, Alabama Tradition, XSNO Sports, and Martin Houston Personal. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Martin Houston Live and Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share on all of those outlets as well as at Martin Houston 35 on Twitter. Uh, we're live, local, and ready to get things going. Uh, the Alabama One hotline is open for business today, so we look forward to having you be a part of the conversation. So go ahead and lock in 205-342-9904. That's the Alabama One hotline. We'll tell you more about Alabama One and the great promotions they have going on later on in the program. Good morning, X. How you doing? Good morning. Doing well. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. I want to remind you that this is the day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. Got a great show lined up for you. Uh, got the uh, of course, deal with a heavy heart today, uh, as we'll talk about one of my former teammates who passed away this past weekend. Uh, we'll also be highlighting some Alabama guys uh, that are eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Love to get your thoughts today on the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, it, you know, it's a big honor, uh, but I think it's a joke the way they do it and uh, some of the requirements and things. and uh, Is Alabama unfairly represented uh, in it because of the number of players uh, they have uh, that's eligible and uh, how far behind they are in the process of getting players on the list? So, 
we'll talk about that uh, as well. So got a lot to get to. Of course, we'll add DC, DC Capstone Report in uh, the second quarter, and we'll talk to him uh, about uh, a couple of these things you already mentioned, as well as get his thoughts and your thoughts on a couple of things from J.C. Latham and uh, Tim Smith and uh, Damon George, some of the comments they may have said over the past week. And want to remind you that on tomorrow we'll have Kendall Randolph uh, joining us once again um, on the Martin Houston show. So lots to get to, uh, lots to get to. I want to thank Mason for getting up and at him with us this morning and pressing all the right buttons. So let's get to it, X. Um, you know, first we'll start off uh, talking a little bit about uh, Robert Stewart, uh, you know, a teammate of mine, uh, 55 years old. Don't have any details at this moment, uh, but, uh, you know, unfortunately uh, passed away Um uh, on this past weekend, uh, for those of you who may or may not remember, Robert Stewart was a was a a, a beast. Um, uh, the guy uh, actually um, uh, he he came in as a freshman uh, X, and he started at linebacker. Uh, and uh, when I committed, he was a linebacker. By the time I stepped foot on campus, he was a fullback. By the time I was playing and eligible to play, he was a defensive nose tackle. So <laughs> he he started uh, uh, at three uh, uh, in three eligible years of playing. He started at three different positions. Uh, as a football player at the University of Alabama, he came out of high school as a as a fullback. He ran a he ran a, he had over four thousand yards rushing X. And what's crazy is Robert Stewart, eh, maybe five eleven, maybe five eleven and a half. He weighed about uh, at one point he he was probably about two fifty five. Pure muscle, nothing, nothing but. Muscle. When I say nothing but muscle, I'm talking about pure muscle. Uh, and then by the time he was, of course, he got big enough when he was playing nose tackle. He still was. He ran like he ran probably two eighty ish, and he ran four seven, four six, four seven forty at two eighty at five eleven. Uh, he, he he always. It was so funny if you saw him with his shirt on. He always looked like he had a stomach, but it was because his abs were so thick. I mean, you know, like you, you see people who have abs across the front. You can see his abs all the way down his side for, for you know, like like that far. The most incredible thing. But it's, it's funny. A lot of people used to get him, Robert and I mixed up because uh, he, wore, he wore number 34. So we sat beside each other in the locker room. But uh, he, um, he, uh, he was from Houston County. Uh, and so people used to get us mixed up a lot and go, yeah, aren't you from, no, 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 I'm not Robert Stewart, but, uh, I'll tell you a couple, uh, uh, fun stories about him. Robert broke records. Okay. Like all the weight records. And I'm sure that they still stand, uh, to this day. Uh, the, these guys, some of these records, anyway, I'm not going to get into that, but Robert Stewart, was uh, I never forget I was a freshman. I was in the in the training room, 
action. He's lifting, and um, and uh, they said that uh, he he's trying to. I think it was four. It was four twenty-five or something like that. No, no, it was four fifty. It was four fifty, if I remember the weight correctly. And he was he was lifting it, and it rolled out of his hands and hit him in the chest. Hit him across the chest. Bounced up and fell on the floor. Just rolled off of him. Boom. Hit him, rolled off on the floor. Then he got up and came in the locker locker room. They looked at him. Um, and then he went back in the weight room and did 500. <laughs> this is not a different weight work workout day. This is the same day. 450 pounds. Dropping from somebody doing a weight would stop most people's heart if you hit them right across the chest. But but he did did that, and um, and then another one he he was uh, doing um, clean, uh, like uh, and, and you're supposed on clean it's all about power and speed and explosion. So Kevin Turner was really really good technique in it and did like 325 and he dropped and squat man and was perfect. Uh, the way he did it. Robert picked 400 pounds up off the floor, never moved, never been over, and just pulled it all the way up his chest and then flipped his wrist. And he said, he looked around, he said, nobody will break that record, and he dropped the weight and walked out. So the guy was a beast, uh, um, but he was also, uh, from a personal side, a good friend, uh, of mine when I was here in college, Robert and I both were married. He, he was married. Uh, and of course, when I got married, he, be, he and uh, Kathy, his wife, and uh, Seth, uh, took Cassandra and I under their wings and helped us make that adjustment to being married in college as well. So um, like I said, don't know the details. You may have a Robert Stewart story. Uh, if you ever want to see a train, uh, 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 what it looks like when a, a player hits another player and it reminds you of a train hitting a car, go back and watch the Texas A&M game uh, when we had to make it up uh, in the storm. Uh, there was a storm and they delayed the Texas A&M game and played it later in the season. Uh, Robert Stewart caught a pass down close to the uh, <laughs> goal line and the Texas A&M DB came up to catch him and it was just not, uh, it was not pretty, X. So, uh, but uh, uh, please keep Robert and his family and his friends and those close to him and everything. Keep them in your prayers and uh, pray for uh, wife and daughter and uh, remaining parent. Good folks, humble folks, um, good people. Uh, Robert Stewart, um, gone way too early and way before his time. Um former member of the University of Alabama. Any comments or anything X from that side? I just want to make sure I took a moment to honor a, a dear friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really sad when I saw the news yesterday. It was uh, Kareem McNeil, actually, that posted about it that drew my attention to it. And, yeah, you know, all, all those stories you just shared or some of the many stories I've heard growing up at, at, as your son, getting to hear about all your old teammates, uh, so, you know, as you said, it's just a sad thing to be 55 and gone from this earth way too soon. So just praying for his family and friends. 
Yeah, here, I got to tell one more story. You, 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 you all will love this story. One of the things that used to happen, X, is it, uh, got, when, when there was a birthday, they would, uh, that everybody would hold you down and give licks. And so Robert's birthday was coming up, and he, he told me personally, he said, Mark, he said, man, I don't play that. I said, all right, I, I hear you. He said, I'm going to tell you. If, if somebody, if they try to spank me, uh, give me licks on my birthday, I'm just going to grab one of you. And every time they hit me, I'm going to hit that one. He said, so you might want to tell them, y'all might get to give me licks, but one of y'all going to pay. And, and and so needless to say, when they came around to grab Robert, I made sure I was nowhere around because he wasn't going to accidentally grab me and, and give me Robert's hands. You know, if anybody's ever seen my hands, my hands are extremely large. Robert's hands were bigger than mine and thicker than mine, and he wasn't about to put a lick on me. So, needless to say, I think they tried it. Um, and uh, poor, one poor guy uh, got beat down. I think it may have been uh, John Castle. I can't remember which one it was, but I'm like, oh, that's a mistake. But anyway, uh, John was number 33. He was on the other side. So, uh, me was a, we, we used to have a lot of fun in those locker rooms, a lot of different things. And, uh, uh, that, uh, like I said, sad and unfortunate, um, in, in that case, Hey, coming back, we're going to add DC to the conversation. We'd love to get you in on that conversation. You can be added to it as well. We're going to be talking about the all Americans. We'll give DC a chance to come in on Robert as well. If he would like, uh, any Antonio Langham, Chris Samuels, the latest two on the uh, list of College Football Hall of Fame. The question I have for you is, does that mean some of the greats of the Gene Stallings era have been passed by? We'll talk about that and more right here on the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 Traffic. Everything looks good in the local roadways as we start our Tuesday morning. Of course, if you do see conditions throughout the day that folks need to hear about, just give me a call, 205-886-8886. Get a lifetime powertrain warranty on both new and used vehicles at no extra cost. From Towns and Nissan, your hometown dealer, I'm Captain Ray. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms, especially this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 89. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms developing again. The high, 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for 17-plus years, specializing in graphic design services commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at softmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904. Or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook.
Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. Want to remind you about Overflow Express Wash, Overflow Express Wash. You can go check them out online at overflowexpresswash.com or stop by one of their locations in Northport and or uh, Tuscaloosa on Skyland Boulevard and right off of McFarland uh, in Northport. Uh, just before you get to uh, the Taco Casa, if you're going uh, up the hill from Tuscaloosa and just past Taco Casa on the left, if you're going from uh, 69, as uh, Overflow Express Wash, overflowexpresswash.com, help you keep your car clean inside and out. And Phillips and his team do a great job of keeping a great environment and atmosphere there. Go check them out and tell them Martin Houston. Martin Houston Show told you to stop by. All right, we got DC, DC Capstone Report uh, joining us this morning. Uh, good morning, DC. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Martin. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, doing well. Um, we've just spent a little time talking about Robert Stewart, and we're going to transition to some Antonio Langham, Chris Stewart, uh, I mean, Chris Samuels, Antonio Langham uh, conversation here in a moment with the College Football Hall of Fame. But before uh, do that. We got George from Macon on. Uh, George, you're in with the Martin Houston show uh, with Martin and Xavier and uh, DC DC Capstone Report. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, Martin. Just a, when you were talking about Robert Stewart, uh, two stories come to mind to me. I can remember, when we, you know, back in the day when they would recruit somebody, somebody would you know, write a story or you'd hear a story about a, uh, a player high school player, and a buddy of mine um, told me a story. He kind of lived kind of where Robert Stewart was, and I don't know whether his dad owned the garage or he was working in the garage as a high schooler, but he was talking about there's a kid that Alabama's recruiting, and instead of using a forklift or a, a hoist to move a motor, he'd go over there, pick up the motor, and put it in the car itself. Now, I don't know if that's like, kind of like a legend story or whether it's true or not. But, um, you know, that's what he was, that was the story around him. George, I don't, know another, if it's true, I don't know if it's true or not, but having seen Robert, I wouldn't um, deny it. I, they, they did not have, um, like, when it came to squats, um, uh-huh. I mean, he, he, he was in the 600s, but it was never, like, like Robert worked out. Like, you, you, nobody knows how strong he really was because when he maxed out, you never uh-huh. saw him struggle. You know, like, you never, like, when he did the 500. He never strained. He, yeah, he, when he did the 500, it wasn't like he was like, oh, God. I'm gonna, uh, uh, he was like, he did 500, and he got up and walked out and said, okay, that's the most on the board by, you know, you know whatever amount. And he would work uh-huh. out with 300, 350, 400. That was, and then he would squat, you know, he'd be squatting with 550, 600 just as a workout. Like everybody else would be doing reps at, you know, 275, 325, 8, 10, 8, 6, whatever. He'd be in the four, five hundreds uh, on bench and five, 600 on. So I don't know how strong he really was. Well, he was another thing I remember was uh, uh, I think it was freshman sophomore year, they had him at a linebacker. A middle linebacker, I think, a freshman year. And I can remember people running, and then when he would hit, it would be like that running back 
running into a brick wall. I mean, you saw the energy in him just stop. Yeah. The running back. I mean, and he went, and he went inch forward. He wouldn't try to slide to the left. It would be just like that running back hitting a brick wall, and that was it. He was zapped of his energy. What was the Jets quarterback name to butt uh, uh, Mark Sanchez when he hit the uh, yeah. butt of the <laughs> guy? Yeah, uh, a butt. Yeah, yeah, where, where but he was fumble. running, it was like like he did not see the object was in front of him. Yes, there was a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, <laughs> he was legendary. Um, yeah, and uh, I, years ago, when oh, a long time ago, right after he graduated, you know, um, I was able to take a tour of the facilities, and you know, they have the records there, and Robert Stewart was on the top of every lifting record there was. I mean, he was yes. amazing. He was truly amazing. Yes, he was. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank, thanks, jo- uh, George. Appreciate you, sir. Okay, you take care and have a great day. All right. DC, any any comments or uh, thoughts on, on Robert Stewart or anything that uh, George just sh- shared? Yeah, well, Robert Stewart is one of my favorite players in Alabama. I loved his story, his backstory, and and loved his weight room prowess. You know, when I hear your promo come on, sometimes it says that Pat Dye said you could pick up the whole weight room. That was that was true about Robert Stewart. He could pick up the whole weight room. I know one of yeah. the stories I knew of some of the some of my friends that worked was uh, he didn't use spotters very often because they didn't have any spotters that could pick up the weight he was trying to pick. <laughs> Two of them couldn't pick up the weight he was trying to. Trying to put up. I think that's why he one time almost got injured when he dropped a bar on his chest. But one of the things I understood. But I, I think another thing about Robert Stewart, and I think you'll you'll echo this and probably can tell more stories than I can. But he was genuinely a nice guy. Uh, I think that uh, his smile lit up the room everywhere he was, and, and genuinely was just a nice guy. I think his his high school coach told a story uh, about his recruitment, and uh, I believe it was yeah. USC. He was recruiting him and was wanting to fly out to California. He was, his eyes got big, and he was, he'd never flown before. He'd never been to California. He really wanted to go. And, and he asked the coach what he should do. And the, and the coach said, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you and your parents, if you want to, I'll go with you if you want to go. And so he got up and shook the USC coach's hand and said, Coach, I, I've never been to California. I'd really love to go, but I'd be wasting your time, time and your money because I'm going to the University of Alabama. And so I thought that was really what a really good story uh, about his character and, and everything. But, uh, just, just, just what people don't talk about is, you know, we talk about all of our Alabama players who had lengthy careers in the NFL, but I believe Robert Stewart had one of the longest careers in the Arena Football League of any player. I believe right. a 12-year Arena Football League career, which brought him to a lot of cities, and I believe that's why he settled in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. You can speak on that Maybe. more than I could probably. Yeah, that that is why he ended up uh, sett- settling where he did was uh... – he ended his career playing in, in North Carolina. But, yeah, uh, Robert Stewart, um, he, he had um, a, a transition year there where, where he, he had some difficulty off the field, and um, he was redshirted. And so when he was redshirted, guys, uh, he had to play on the other uh, – he had to play on the scout team, okay? And, 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 and when I was playing fullback, we used to have to occasionally block. Uh, we ha- used to have to occasionally run a trap, and he was a nose tackle. Uh, but we were playing against Tennessee, and they had a guy from Birmingham named Marion Hobbs, okay? 
Aaron Hobbs, uh, you may remember him, D.C., uh, number 74 for Tennessee. Man, he was nasty coming off the end. And I remember the week we were getting ready to play Tennessee. I'm a freshman. Uh, now, I came out of high school at 250. By this time, I was down to eh, maybe about 220, okay? And they put Robert Stewart at the defensive end, who was now about 285. And they would tell him, and our job was to kick out the defensive end. They would tell him when, we didn't know they were telling him, but they would tell him when we were running that play. And I'm telling you, um, George was talking about what he did when he was a line. I would hit him with everything I had. And, and it would be just like I ran into the side of my house. Bam! And it just, just, you just stopped. And a lot of times the, the, the wall on the side of my house would move. <laughs> if you get my point. <laughs> but needless to say, we got to the game, D.C., and Marion Hobbs, who was this All-American defensive end, was like taking candy from a baby. So that's when you hear me talk about, when you hear me talk about why it's important who the guys are that are transferring out and, and all of that, because I know how important scout team guys are to getting you prepared to play. So, uh, but uh, DZ, he was he was a he was a beast of a man, uh, but he was as nice as a human being as he was, uh, you know, strong. So, um, DZ, I think we still got calls coming in. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take this call and then I'll, I'll get back to you. But Alan, thanks for your patience. You got a question uh, for uh, DC? Uh, this is Martin Hughes show. You're on the Alabama One Hotline. Talk to us. I just want to make a com- I just want to make a comment. Good morning, Go ahead. gentlemen. Uh, me and uh, and me and Antonio Langham go back a long way, all the way back to when he was uh, was Mister Everything at Hazelwood. I mean, I, I tell you everything he did, everything except sell popcorn at halftime, I believe. But, yeah. Uh, but I want to say that I, do, I honestly believe that if it weren't for Antonio and that interception that he made against Florida, there probably wouldn't be no there probably won't be no no more SEC championships. There probably won't be no more conference championships. Because yeah. if you don't make that interception, I believe they would have they would have um, thrown off them uh, completely at that time. Yeah, that that was a big play uh, in, in terms of the history of college football. Um, it was uh, Alabama. We were we had won twenty one games in a row. We were number one in the nation. I mean, number two in the nation. Um, um, and we, you know, if we win, we go to play Miami in uh, the SEC, I mean, uh, Sugar Bowl, which back then uh, Miami had chosen to accept a bid to the, you know, Sugar Bowl. They didn't have to go, but it was set up a one-two matchup. And everybody in America, uh, but none more nervous than Roy Kramer uh, about that particular game. DC, your thoughts on what th- those, those words, you and that? Well, you know, I just think that those, you know, you know, Antonio Langham, uh, you know, changed, I believe, the course of Alabama football, as the caller said. And, uh, you know, those games are huge games, uh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take it a step further. I think he changed the course of college football history with that interception. Because, as Alan said, you, you out, uh, the SEC might have kept the uh, conference championship game. 
but I don't see UC get extended into the the Big Twelve and and the ACC and all these other conferences now. It's because why risk it? Like you said, y'all had won twenty something games in a row and hadn't won a thing. Yeah, you, know, you weren't SEC champion. You weren't guaranteed to play for a national championship. But Antonio Langham stepping in front of that pass, taking it to the house to 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 put that game on ice and end it, essentially, you know, it has set up to probably set up what is the college football playoffs now when you really stop and look at it with all the moves that have made since. Yeah, and one of the biggest things – thanks, Alan, for that, that those comments. I appreciate you. Um, one of the biggest things are uh, the comments or the concerns of the SEC was – uh, um, having a championship game like that is will it knock you out of a national championship? Yeah, I mean, and I think, think I think the commissioner was on his way down the elevator trying to figure out how he was going to explain to everyone <laughs> what was going on when Antonio Langham intercepted that pass. He, he thought yeah. that it was a chance that the Alabama was going to get beat, and so yeah. he he credits he the commissioner himself is on record crediting Antonio Langham as. As making him look smart, and and yeah. so, you know, Martin, we always talk about X's and O's and schemes and and everything, but the truth is that is true. Those are those are needed, but players are the ones that that make a team up. And you know, Antonio Langham's play on that play uh, was instinctive, and and it was it was what he had seen all night, is what he watched, and no matter what the coverage was called was, he he baited the quarterback to throw it knowing that as soon as he threw it, he was going to intercept it, in my opinion. And you can speak to that a little more as to as just the just play of an individual and how that makes a difference in the game. Yeah, it, it, you know, there's film study that you go into the game with, and then there's adjustments throughout the game. And, and, and the mature players, the veteran players, the guys who, 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 who uh, take time and understand the game um, – just like, you know, a lot of times we think of it this way, um, D.C. And, and X, we're, we're not surprised like a receiver will bait uh, a DB into jumping a pass, right? He'll, 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 he'll run a hook. He'll run a hook. He'll run a hook. And, and, and he can tell that DB is getting closer. And then finally he'll run a hook and go. Or, or he'll run a slant, run a slant, run a slant, and then run a slant and go. But we don't think about DBs doing the same thing. And Langham had seen that play, and and he felt like in that situation that was their go-to play. So he made he, he made the uh, quarterback Shane Matthews. Uh, he made Shane think he was going to drop uh, a lot further than he did, and and and, and Shane never really even looked and it's fun to have I've talked to Shane directly about that play and he said the moment he turned and let it go he knew it was picked because he saw he thought Langone was going to do what it did all the other times and and he set him up so and so we're talking about Antonio Lane we're going to talk about Chris Samuel we're going to talk about those guys on the other side in uh the the college football hall of fame uh ballot has 80 guys on it two from Alabama uh, but does these two names signify that two of the greatest players in the history of Alabama at their respective positions may have 
miss their opportunity uh, to be on the College Football Hall of Fame list. You listen to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks. Everything appears to be moving well around town. We do see an increase in traffic on McFarland eastbound coming in from West Tuscaloosa County. If you see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Get a lifetime powertrain warranty on both new and used vehicles at no extra cost. From Townsend Nissan, your hometown dealer, I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com as peptalks35.com or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team. On your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. Oh, man. Um, College Football Hall of Fame. Um, a a big-time honor, don't get me wrong, but uh, are they flawed in their selection or is it the University of Alabama who is flawed in their nominations? Um you know, there there are guys in this situation uh, that Alabama has. Uh, just to give you guys some numbers right now, guys, y'all know how many Alabama players are eligible, eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Anybody want to take a wild guess? I think right now, based on criteria, 
I think around 97 to 100, isn't it? Yes. 97 to 100 guys are eligible. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's. Uh, and there's uh, some great guys on that list that has never made it in, which is crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. Tell me how, uh, you know, you got Leroy Cook, who was a consensus All American and a unanimous All American. Um, but he's not eligible from 1975. Um, you know, you know two-time All-American. Yeah, he was a two-time All-American. Right, that's what I'm saying. In one year, he was, you know, consensus, which means he got half of the votes. There's five eligible uh, thing. He got at least three um, in terms of who's on at least three All-American teams. Unanimous means that all five organizations that they use as their selection criteria uh, was a part of it. Uh, and that's not counting another, um, what, 60 guys or something like that. Uh, let me see. How many guys was it? Uh, no, there's another 19 players that's outside of the 50-year window, uh, D.C. So, so yeah. actually, there, when you add all those up, it's over 100, like 115 guys, uh, former Alabama players that are not – eligible and and some of them not even on the ballot and and by the way that's not counting any player from the university of alabama that did not that that played for for any coach i mean that played for nick saban uh after 2013 okay so anybody that played after 2013 if their last year at alabama was 2013 or beyond all of those guys that are that, that that graduated from that point on, whether they made it to the NFL or not, or that are still currently in the NFL, NFL, regardless, like the Julio Jones of the world, um, are not eligible yet. So they're not even being counted in that total. Correct. And 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 you can only recommend only like two per year, right? Are are being selected. Uh, or or offered up, I guess. Um, and for many, many years, most people in Alabama did a poor job of getting guys recommended. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Antonio Langham and Chris Samuel, both very worthy candidates. Um, but um, chances are um, – you know, th- this means that the likes of Copeland and Curry, do you think that that means that they their time has passed by without even being on a ballot? Well, no, it's possible. I, I mean, you got, you got players back in that should be on there that are never going to never gonna make it because of their 50-year window yeah. pass, like like Dennis Holman and, and Ray Perkins. Yeah. Uh, they're never going to make it. And then and so there's, there's, there's a lot of precedent there for players who've gone by has been looked over or, you know, hadn't got to them. Um, yeah. And that's possible for Copeland and Curry. Yeah, yeah. That, that, as you say, those guys, uh, Ray Perkins in 1966, uh, not in there. And, of course, Dennis Holman, 67, two of the best pairs of receivers to ever play at, at, at Alabama. Um, what were you about to say, X? So I just went and looked at the list of guys that are in the College Football Hall of Fame. And only two players that played after Coach Bryant retired are in the Hall of Fame. 
only two, and that's Derek Thomas and Cornelius Bennett. They're, they are the only two players post-Coach Bryant that are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and, and then, of course, you look at the likes of Notre Dame, and they have more players in there probably than all of college football added together. Uh, so, I, I, like I said, I, it's a huge honor, but I think it's a joke the way they – they, they they do things so um you know well, some Sean Alexander's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean Sean Bobby Alexander's Humphrey's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah who, who, we got players Well well, well see I, I'm not sure Sean's time may not have passed yet though because no. when you look at the years DC what they've kind of done is like like of course I think how many I think Derek Thomas had to have a campaign um, to get elected is, is absolutely the stupidest thing I'd ever heard when Derek Thomas, I think he made it to like his last year on the ballot or whatever. And there was like a huge national swell and a bunch of Alabama folks writing. But I think since Chris is on there, this is kind of the time for Sean. I don't know. I don't think that Sean's been on there yet. Um, well, he wasn't um, a consensus All-American in 99. Huh? He wasn't a consensus All-American in '99, right? But they, but but he he somehow they, there's a couple of guys where you if you're not consensus, uh, there's a way for you to get on the list to be eligible. Uh, and and for whatever he is one of those non-consensus uh, from '99 that is eligible. Um, God, if Sean Alexander wasn't an All-American running back, who was that year? But anyway, That's what I'm <laughs> who was who it? That's why I think some of this criteria is flawed. I think because a lot of that selection to some of those All-American teams, uh, if you look last year, was uh, there's some just last year the best players in the college football. Some of those wasn't selected to the unanimous yeah. All-American team. How do you leave off a player who was selected to about four other ones if you if you if you're the fifth selection committee? So to me, it's flawed when you use a. We use a criteria that is so subjective uh, for for certain committees to pick, you know, the best run, best running backs. I mean, it just doesn't. A lot of that thing is territorial. It, a lot of it is, is you know, uh, who you know, what you know. So I, I I just think that the criteria number one is flawed in trying to get players in the college football of fame. Yeah, it's, it's but 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 think about the fact that. All right, I'm going to just go through the kind of the Saban, I mean, the Stalins era, and, and, and you guys say uh, yes, no, on whether this person is a college football Hall of Fame caliber player. Uh, let me see. I'm, I'm working through. Uh, we got John Copeland, uh, Eric Curry. Yes. Philip Doyle. Yes. <laughs> he was a unanimous yes. kicker in 1990. You had, um, let me see, uh, Kevin Jackson. Well, he was right after, but he started on the stalling. So um, you have Langham, who's eligible right now. Um, you know, and then you throw in Keith McCants under Bill Curry's time. Uh, David you, Palmer. Huh? You got David, David Palmer, Palmer, Michael Myers, uh, Michael Proctor. Um, you have, um, Dwayne Rudd, <laughs> Robert Stewart is, uh, one of those guys that's eligible as a non-consensus. Um, 
keep going down through this list. I mean, God, there's so many guys, man. But that's that's not even throwing in all of the guys. Think about all of the guys that are now waiting in the NFL, waiting on their ten year window. There's just there's just gonna be this is gonna unless they change the guideline because I think they can only put like two from a school at a time on the ballot, um, and, and and so even though right now there's all of these guys eligible, the two that made it this year were Langham and and, and Samuels and both like I said both quality guys both guys who who should be there DC but. Um, like I said, I think it's flawed on Alabama's side. Go ahead, huh? What changes it? What 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 do what can Alabama Alabama fans do to get these guys in, or is it, it just completely well, I think left it's flawed up because of the two? Like Martin said, the two keeping that two person cap is 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 detrimental to a team like Alabama. For example, a guy I know. From the 79, 78 team, a lineman who was all American <clears throat> on a couple of teams, uh, Jim Bunch, he still is not in the College Football Hall of Fame because every time he's competing against other other players at Alabama who were eligible and they're trying to get on, he's still not in there. And if anybody in the lineman should be in the College Football Hall of Fame, I think it should be Jim Bunch from those 79, 78 teams. And the other so part that, that's is. That's the reason people don't get on, I think, get passed over. Yeah. And I don't know, but there was a long time where I don't even think Alabama uh, put people up, D.C. Um, I think there was a lot of years where Alabama didn't even offer up to two people. Um, yeah, I agree. I think there was a poor on Alabama's uh, athletic department for, for for a while. It just kind of went by the wayside. Yeah. And then here here's four guys that became eligible this year. Mark Barron, D. Milner, Barry Jones. Chance Warmack. Alabama has 13 unanimous All-Americans who are eligible right now. Think about yeah, I mean, I mean Barry Jones, he, he was he was All-American consensus and unanimous two years in a row at different positions. <laughs> and he, yeah. And he didn't even make it in. He didn't make it on the first ballot. So, right. but, you know, and, and that's the thing is, how many years do you keep these guys on the ballot? Do you give Antonio Langham and – and Chris Samuels one year, and then you put somebody else up, or do you put them up for two years? But every time you do that, think about this: Nick Saban will have two more this year, at least, yeah. and Bryce Young and Will Anderson. So if you you push that back, and what happens is the the bunch guy uh, DC that you were talking about, you're looking at the fact that that now who. Who who who's voting on this? The people who are voting didn't even see these some of these older guys play. Correct. Right. The same papers voting, the same organizations voting. So they they now see some of these younger guys in these eligible names, and Alabama puts them up. So it's it just like I said, it's it's a it's a, it's a tough and unfortunate situation uh, uh, for for a lot of guys. Saving, huh? Up on Nick Saban from, as you said, the guys that just became eligible. Every year, every year for the foreseeable future, he's going to have 
three to five guys become eligible every year. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know what they do. I don't know if they're going to – the good part is there is for some guys um, that that you can get selected um, post the 50-year eligibility. But, man, that means someone would have to be proactively going back and, and looking at that. Uh, from that, I think they call it something selection review committee um, that they can use to get back in there. But anyway, that's an interesting, interesting thing there, and you know, kind of, uh, you know, frustrating from a from a Bama fan that's watched some of these guys. DC, you and I saw guys play <laughs> that we know uh, are absolutely. You know, superstar. And when I saw how hard it was for Derek Thomas to get voted in, yeah. I said, I don't even know what their criteria is. Derek That's Thomas, what I was going to say. You think a guy like Derek Thomas couldn't get voted in? But, you know, let's think about this. What X did said something there was so important. I think we need to just camp on that for just a second. We're sitting here frustrated about players from Bear Bryant era that couldn't get in, that we know were good, and that the people won't know anymore. Think about. You know, 40 years from now, Martin, when you and I are on, if, if the Lord tarries and me and she have already passed on over, uh, who's going to be sitting on the radio talking about how frustrating it is another coach safest players can get in the Hall of Fame? I mean, that's yeah. what, you know, it, it, you know, X is talking about something that, you know, we've never had that problem in years past because we, we hadn't had that many players. We've got players right. now that are going to be coming in every year uh, that will be pushing other players down the list. A- absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. What we're what we're facing uh, in, in terms of that DC is it's, it's 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 sad, frustrating, but we'll, we'll see uh, what can happen uh, with that. Going to be some great guys left off. Derek Thomas had 28 sacks when when in a season when when teams didn't pass the ball 28 times in a season. So uh, <laughs> uh, Derek Thomas today would Derek Thomas today would set a single-season record for most colleges oh, by himself. Like He would have more sacks than most teams if he was playing today. He'd get in the 30s, if, if not higher. That's how good the guy was. So most I want y'all to think about that for a second. <laughs> what were you saying, D.C.? I said most definitely. I mean, Derek Thomas, uh, you know, if he would average a sack every time somebody – if his average per sack every time somebody threw the ball when he played, if he was playing today, he would triple his numbers. It would be yep. he'll be crazy the number of sacks yep. he would have. Scary to think about, but that's how good he was. Hey, DC, we had a chance to get uh, a couple of the Bama guys on. Uh, did you get to catch any of those interviews? We we got a couple minutes. I wanted to get your thoughts on. Did I actually did not. I was I was actually out of town and, and missed. Yeah. I missed them. I, I saw the promo of them coming up, but I wasn't able to get. I was in a conference and couldn't get. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, okay. Well, one of the things that J.C. Latham talked about was uh, was uh, uh, the uh, coaching, and we'll talk to you about this next week. Uh, all uh, both of the offensive linemen talked about uh, Marone versus um, Coach Wolford. And uh, how Marone treated him like a job and professionals. Uh, and Wolford came in building a relationship, cutting up with them and getting to know them and does a better job teaching. Uh, so uh, has to get you a little excited about this offensive line being better next year. Most definitely. And that also plays into what you and I discussed last year, I think. 
uh, that Coach Marone coming in in the professional level, it probably doesn't relate to the players as well as some of the other offensive line coaches we've had in the past. Yeah, without a doubt, they definitely uh, talked about that. So we'll talk about what we can expect from this offensive line uh, next week. We'll also, uh, D.C., talk a little bit more about <laughs> uh, their, their thoughts on uh, the upcoming season. Uh, they're, they're using a word, D.C., on the offensive line, and it's called dominate. Okay? Wow. So um, uh, that, that, that's good to hear uh, as well. Uh, I'll let you give your closing thoughts. I know we talked a lot about the College Football Hall of Fame today. I'll let you give your closing thoughts, uh, D.C., before we get out of here. Well, let me, let me just say this. We talked a lot about the College Football Hall of Fame and the criteria, and we, we, you know, we talked about that. But my closing thought is let's don't take anything away from Antonio Lange and Chris Samuels. Both of them well-deserving. Both of them All-American players at Alabama. Both of them dominate their positions. And, and I, I think they're well-deserving. And, and Alabama should do everything they can to, to champion their nomination uh, to the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and Bama fans, if you can do anything to help, man, help start a political swell uh, campaign around those two guys so they get in on the first ballot so that we can get the next two up, that's the only way Alabama's going to ever – they're never going to catch up. But get more guys in there is if we don't have guys on the ballot for two, three years. So – uh concur with you, D.C. They are definitely eligible. Uh, X, I'll give you your closing thoughts. Yeah, I agree with D.C. right there. Let's get – those two guys are very deserving. Let's get them in on this first ballot so we can try to retroactively get some guys along with the group of guys that we have coming up. All right. D.C., tell them where they can find you real quick, sir. Find me at dccapstonereport.com, DC Capstone Facebook page, and follow me on Twitter at davidcott50. And don't forget to check out Lance's other sites, rolltidebama.com and freelancepictures.com. All right, that's DC, DC Capstone Report. That's X's and O's, Xavier Houston. I'm Martin Houston. We say thank you for being a part of the show. Thank all the followers, listeners, viewers, and chatters for being a part of it. Trust in the Lord always. Lean not young, send in all your ways to acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Roll Tide uh, out there, everybody, and thanks, Mason, for keeping us uh, in between the guidelines. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks. Everything appears to be moving well around town. We do see an increase in traffic on McFarland eastbound coming in from West Tuscaloosa County. If you see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Get a lifetime powertrain warranty on both new and used vehicles at no extra cost. From Townsend Nissan, your hometown dealer, I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. This is Jabari Pruitt from WVUA 23 News in the Town Square News Center. Today is the 58th anniversary of Bloody Tuesday in Tuscaloosa. Protesters marched from First African Baptist Church to the Tuscaloosa County Courthouse to remove segregated water fountains at the courthouse. Aliceville Police is searching for Ray Charles Lewis, an Aliceville man who has been missing since June 1st. His family says he was last seen getting into a white car in Aliceville. If you have any information, you can call Aliceville Police. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles 
but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. Thank you for listening to the Martin.